Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Today, we're going to break down some of the recent news stories around the league, as well as going by some of the more trending players right now this offseason and predicting what team they will be playing for next season. So you're going to get some answers or at least some guesses on where Justin Fields, Saquon Barkley, Russell Wilson, T. Higgins, the list goes on. All of those players, we're going to talk about them and where they should be next season. So go ahead, take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good morning to everyone here in the chat. Glad to see you here, the Harry Snowman. Glad to see you, Jamie. Good morning to you. I hope you have a great day, and I hope you're ready for a fantastic Wake and Take show. We will start things off with some news before we go player by player by player. We'll, we'll rapid fire this. First off, the Chargers. There's been some quotes going around the the, the internet, if you will, uh, about the run game that the Chargers plan to use next year. Greg Roman, the new offensive coordinator, the former Ravens coordinator, has come out and said that, can you imagine Justin Herbert with a great running game? We don't know, but I can imagine what it might look like. So that's the vision. They, he goes on to say that we're probably going to see a multiple running game, lots of motions, lots of shifting with a diverse passing game. Uh, and this is just kind of what we should have expected, right? When, when we hear that hire of Greg Roman working together with Jim Harbaugh at Stanford, just a very plain NFL offense. I think a lot of people were reading into this quote thinking that Greg Roman meant that Justin Herbert would run the ball a lot like Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case when I read this quote. I think it means more so that the Chargers do want to invest into their run game and specifically their, their more just standard run game, the power run game, which leads me to my point in that I really do believe that the Chargers will be drafting Blake Corum. Of course, Jim Harbaugh worked with him in Michigan, coached him up really well, fit his system really well, and they're sitting in a really nice spot draft capital-wise to where they're going to be able to get Blake Corum without even reaching too much. So I really think that's the plan of attack here for the Chargers. And I do think we'll see a little bit more running from Justin Herbert. If you look at his rookie season, he did scramble a bit. He was pretty good at running every once in a while but that wasn't like the main part of his game he's able to scramble he's able to pick up some yards and in fact he's got a big enough body where he can kind of run into some contact and gain a few extra almost like Josh Allen but not quite as quick as him uh so I don't necessarily think that they're going to put like read options and all of that stuff into the Chargers playbook but I wouldn't be surprised if they're like Justin 
feel free to play hero every once in a while if you have to. It's not just about being a pocket passer. And I just think that's really good. Ultimately, when I see this quote, we're seeing a more balanced attack coming to Los Angeles. And I think it's going to be really good. And I think it's going to start with Blake Corum being their new power running back and Austin Eckler probably moving on in free agency. Those are kind of my thoughts on that. We'll go have to move on to the next team that's planning to make some moves this offseason, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Yesterday, the general manager, Monty Ossenfort, came out and said that the Cardinals plan to be very active in free agency. They've got roughly $42 million in cap space, and they have some holes on the roster. Personally, what I think this quote means, because he also did go on to say that he doesn't want to overspend. I think he wants to be cautious this offseason. Personally, I think that the Cardinals will be bringing back Hollywood Brown. I know that this is a guy that's a pending free agent, but right now I think that the Cardinals will be able to bring him back fairly cheap. And if you'll remember, the whole reason he went to the Cardinals in the first place is because Kyler Murray specifically asked for him. And that's an area of need on this team. And I think they'll want to go back to him and probably draft a wide receiver uh, with their with their number four pick. I think that that makes a lot of sense, bringing back Hollywood and hoping Marvin Harrison comes to them. I think that's a really solid wide receiver core. And then you're talking about him using probably that roughly 30-ish million dollars left over to fix that defense just a bit more. We saw the defense look really good early in the season, and we know that we have a defensive-minded head coach there, but there's still some positions of need, some players that they could go out and get to really make this defense something special. But I did just want to talk about this a little bit because I do believe that the Cardinals offense is going to be an offense that we'll be able to find a lot of value for in fantasy football next season. Not just Kyler Murray, but Trey McBride, even though he's now the dynasty tight end two, tight end three, depending on who you ask, he's still going to be a value to me, I believe, especially in redraft leagues. Uh, and James Conner, he's always going to be a value. So I think especially if they bring back Marquise Brown and end up getting Marvin Harrison or Malik Neighbors in this draft, we're talking about a very dangerous offense. And if they can fix that defense too, we're just talking about a good football team in general that I think can make some noise, not only in NFL, but for fantasy football as well. We've got a couple special team signings as well that we'll just quickly highlight. Michael Badgley is returning to Detroit. This comes after they kind of refused to use him in the playoffs. I'm curious if they've kind of felt bad about that. It was like, all right, we'll bring you back and we'll use you a bit next season. Uh, so that's a good sign and good for Michael Badgley. Good for the Lions. He's a decent kicker. And then punt God, Matt Areza. Uh, we talked about this a couple months ago. Uh, all of like the, the off the field charges and stuff were dropped against him. And so he was hoping to be able to return to the NFL. I had speculated that it's going to be difficult, even with everything dropped, just, you know, with a punter, not a lot of teams like PR stuff, but the Chiefs don't care. The Chiefs are going to win Super Bowls and they need a punter and they're going to go get Matt Oreza. I'm happy that Oreza was able to get a job and land back on his feet after a tumultuous couple seasons not being on the field. And I'm glad that the Chiefs did decide to take a chance on him and see what happens. I'm curious to see if he's still the punk god, you know? I mean, not playing football for a long time is going to hurt you. But I think ultimately at that position, it's probably fine. It'll be, it'll be good to see what happens with this story. And the last bit of news we have for you guys is B. John Robinson. Not necessarily news, but it's starting. Every year we hear this, ladies and gentlemen, and every year we'll talk about it because there's nothing else going on. But Bijan Robinson was the first this offseason to claim he'll be going for 2,000 yards next season. He said he was asked what he wants to do in year two. He said he wants to go for 2,000 yards. Let's get it. Uh, 
uh, as we say every time we hear this, players say this all the time. They set really high goals for themselves. What I like to see out of that is that they are setting a high goal for themselves, that they do believe in themselves, and they're going to work hard towards that goal. Bijan Robinson obviously has the talent to reach that, and we just saw the Rams' offense give Kyron Williams an insane production. So it's not too far off. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but I like it could happen and it's just cool to see he's fired up and I'm happy that we're already at this point in the offseason where players are setting tremendous goals for themselves so just I'm gonna wish Bijan Robinson best of luck next season and hope he can reach that 2k so I see a lot of questions here in the chat we'll answer those right now before we move on to predicting some landing spots for some of the top players this offseason so let's hop into the chat right now let's see the Harry Snowman is deep in the laboratory, not having any podcasts coming up. Good morning, everyone else who's popped in as well. Glad to see you. Positive Grouch, Anthony, Rubio, Toronto, Dave. Glad to see you all. Oh, John. How's it going, John? Uh, Harry Snowman says he loves the Arizona call. Always underrated. Defense not that far away. Offense was the weak, weak, weak point. For sure. For sure. And that's why I'm saying really all of these Cardinals are going to be values. I really liked two weeks ago episode of Trade Gods. Maddie Kiwum said to buy Marquise Brown. I really do think that's a solid buy right now. He's like wide receiver 60. You could get him for very, very cheap. And I think especially if he ends up as the wide receiver two again, like he was when he was kind of successful in Baltimore. Uh, I Well, I guess he wasn't necessarily the wide receiver two there, but it was like a I, I get, like target two. Um, but either way, I really do think that as a more complimentary piece, he could be really, really awesome. And again, he has that connection with Kyler Murray. And if an actual alpha, like a Marvin Harrison Jr. ends up there, we're talking about a very, very dangerous offense. So Arizona Cardinals, they're on the up and up. Let's go ahead and move on now to predicting landing spots for some of the top players. I'm, of course, omitting some, but I just wanted to talk about the big players right now. And we'll, of course, start with my guy, Justin Fields, making it easy. Right now, the Falcons are favored to land Justin Fields at uh, minus 130. The Steelers are the next team at plus 350, and the Patriots are the third highest odds team at plus 700. A few weeks ago, when we talked about this, the Bears were the favorite. So it's very, very interesting to see that they're not even a top three odd now. It is just continuously trending towards him not being a Chicago Bear, as expected. My belief with Justin Fields, as has been the belief since October last year, Justin Fields will be an Atlanta Falcon. The Falcons will send pick 43, their second round pick, to the Bears in order to obtain him. They might have to add a fifth or something. There might be some extra sprinkles in, but I think that second round pick will be the starting point. Uh, the Falcons have $24 million in cap space estimated right now. That's plenty of money to kind of move forward with this and figure out some, some of their moving pieces to really make room for Justin Fields' contract in the future. But I think that that's a really solid move for the Falcons. I know a lot of people out there say that Justin Fields doesn't fit the McVay system. I think that's true to a certain extent. But like I said last time, I also think it's true to a certain extent that Sean McVay just hasn't had a mobile quarterback. And Justin Fields displayed really, really good arm talent at Ohio State and has showed some good arm talent in Chicago, just has kind of went to the scramble more often than he should have. And also just hasn't had true weapons. I really do think with a system and coaches and a team that believes in Justin Fields with the right weapons around him, he will not fail. And the Falcons to me is just a perfect, perfect combination for Justin Fields to succeed, not only with the weapons around him, but just going back home to Georgia, where he's from, being near his family, I just think there's too many positives here that it makes too much sense 
for it not to happen, Justin Fields will be an Atlanta Falcon, and it's going to be incredible. The next big player to talk about is Russell Wilson. And right now, Russell Wilson is favorited to land in Pittsburgh. Right now, he is the favorite to be a Steeler next season at minus 250 odds. The next team is the Raiders at plus 550 and then the Falcons at 650. Now, the Raiders makes a certain amount of sense. That's another team that's moving around kind of in the in the sphere of, of you know teams wanting to get a quarterback. But I do like the favorite the Pittsburgh Steelers getting Russell Wilson. We've talked now about Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett being kind of in this battle to be the quarterback one. I really do believe it's actually the battle to be the quarterback two and that the Steelers are going to bring in a quarterback. And I really do believe Russell Wilson is a solid option for that organization. Yes, a lot of the shine has worn off, but what the Steelers really do need is a quarterback like Russell Wilson. I do think an older quarterback, this veteran presence will help that team. There's a lot of young talent that could kind of use the guidance that Russell Wilson would be able to bring. And just the game manager aspect of it is what the Steelers need first and foremost. Yes, Mason Rudolph led the team to the playoffs and was able to eke out some impressive wins. But Russell Wilson, I think season long is going to be a better bet uh, than that. And I think Mason Rudolph should be the quarterback too. And then I think you could probably try to get something for Kenny Pickett in terms of trade value. Probably not too much, but there will probably be a team out there interested, just like somebody's probably interested in Mac Jones from New England. I think ultimately what's going to happen here is the Broncos will cut Russell Wilson. And what makes this possible for the Steelers is that the Broncos are on the hook for Russell Wilson's contract. The $39 million has to be paid by the Broncos uh, pretty much no matter what. Uh, basically what's going to happen, the Steelers are negative in cap space right now, but it's not too much. They're like negative 5 million. Uh, so they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll make some moves. They'll be able to get over the, or yeah, over the cap space or under the cap. Uh, and then Russell Wilson will sign with them and the Broncos will cover whatever isn't the 39 million, but Russell Wilson isn't going to sign for a big contract at all. He probably wants to take it out on the Broncos, make them pay as much as possible. And the Steelers is a great way to do that. A great way to still be a competitive quarterback and a great way for a historic franchise to continue to push the chips forward. And what's great about this is if Russell Wilson fails in just a couple seasons, then they'll probably find themselves with a high draft pick to try this young quarterback route again. But Russell Wilson gives them a lot of chance to win. I like it a lot, and I think it's a move that makes sense. The next one is Kirk Cousins. And right now, the favorite to land Kirk Cousins is the Falcons at plus 350. Next is the Patriots at plus 450. And then the Vikings at plus 650. And then the Commanders at plus 1,000. While the Commanders would be hilarious, I really do think they are going the draft route. I think they will be taking a Drake May. Whether that's the right decision or not, I won't speculate on. What I'm speculating on is where Kirk Cousins lands. And I really just firmly believe it's the Vikings. I've been saying it for weeks now. I really just don't believe the market for Kirk Cousins is as high as Kirk Cousins and his agent and a lot of the media is presenting. I know that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are differing on how much money he wants. I think he wants around 40. And I think the Vikings were okay paying 30-ish, 35-ish. So I think ultimately that's where we're going to land. 
I think we're going to spend a few months on this. I really do think this Kirk Cousins situation is going to be the one we talk about the longest outside of maybe the running backs that we'll talk about in a second. But I think that Kirk Cousins and his agent are going to explore their options a lot this offseason. And I think ultimately what they're going to find is that no team is going to want to pay them more than what the Vikings will. And so he'll probably end up returning to Minnesota. Now, if he didn't tear his Achilles, could this have been different? Yes. But I just think that the market is not going to be there for an aging quarterback with a torn Achilles. And I think ultimately the Vikings do want Kirk Cousins back. And I think it keeps the door open for them to draft a, a quarterback this year that can sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year or two just to take it all in. And yesterday's episode, we had Bradley Stalder on. He mentioned that he thinks the Vikings might take a Michael Penix. And I loved it when he said that. And I'm not going to stop talking about that now. It, it really, sometimes you hear things and it just clicks. I really do think the Vikings bring Kirk Cousins back maybe around $30 million, $35 million for, for two or three more seasons. And then they draft Michael Penix or Bo Nix kind of third roundish in the draft and they sit behind Kirk Cousins for a little bit and take it in. But they're very similar quarterbacks to Kirk Cousins and they both have some stuff to learn. They took forever to break out in college. They'll probably take some time to break out in the NFL. And I think the Vikings would be a good landing spot for either of those quarterbacks and makes sense for both the Vikings, those rookie quarterbacks, and Kirk Cousins. So look for him to be back in the purple and gold next season, but look for it to take some time. Uh, the next quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield right now, the odds are Buccaneers are the favorite with him, with the Falcons, then Seahawks, then Bears. But I think ultimately what's going to happen here is Baker Mayfield returns to the Buccaneers. I really do believe it. I think that while he played a great season, uh, he didn't really do enough for other teams to want him uh, too much. At least not much more than what the Buccaneers want him for. Right now, the Buccaneers have a decent amount of cap space, and I think that they could pay Baker Mayfield around $25 to $30 million a year and sign him for two to three more seasons, kind of like what the Seahawks did with Geno Smith, maybe backload the contract if they have to, maybe put an out. But even though it was a good year, I still think there's some caution around Baker Mayfield, and I think that that's going to allow the Buccaneers to be able to bring this quarterback back without spending too much money. But I think that's probably what's going to happen. Which then leads to Mike Evans. What do they do with Mike Evans if they're able to bring Baker Mayfield back on a cheapish deal? Right now, Mike Evans is favorited to land with the Texans at plus 300, then the Buccaneers at plus 325, then the Chiefs at 450, and then the Bears, Patriots, and some other teams kind of fall in line. Right now, the Buccaneers have $35 million in cap space. I think that they could figure out some way to tag Mike Evans maybe non-exclusive to try to get something back for him, uh, but still pay him a decent amount, what he's worth, and figure out some reconstructuring in order to still sign Baker Mayfield on a budget contract. I really do think there's a way for both of these guys to return to Tampa, and I genuinely believe that's the smartest path forward for the Buccaneers. If you'll remember, they won the NFC South. Yes, it was an open division, and it took some stuff to fall their way for them to make it. But then they beat the Eagles in the playoffs and they were within, I think it was, it ended up being like one score against the Lions. It was a very, very close game uh, in their, it, when they ultimately lost, but they're a playoff team. They're a good football team. If they can keep the band together, use their draft picks, get Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield back and run it back one more season. That's what I really think this answer should be. I know that Mike Evans is gaining a lot of hype around going to the chiefs or something, 
I think if it isn't the Buccaneers, I do think it probably is the Chiefs, as much as I hate to say it. But I think ultimately the Buccaneers makes the most sense to me. And I don't like the Texans. I see that they're the favorite right now, but I don't think that's a great landing spot for him. I think he would just ultimately clash with what Nico Collins brings to the table. And the Texans would be better served getting a younger wide receiver in the draft. They've already got Tank Dell. They've already got Nico Collins. I think they'll be okay with Mike Evans. So I think Buccaneers, and if it's not the Bucs, I'll go with Chiefs. But I think the Buccaneers will work some magic to get both of their guys back. Which that moves us to T. Higgins. T. Higgins right now is favorited to return to the Bengals at minus 400. The Titans are next at plus 500. And then the Jaguars all the way at plus 1,000. I think ultimately the Bengals will be franchise tagging T. Higgins. They've got about $60 million in cap space right now, which is a ton. So I think if anything, they might try the non-exclusive tag to see if they can get something back if he ultimately signs with somewhere else as he will give some sort of value on the open market. But I think ultimately they're going to try to bring T. Higgins back. And that's what we're hearing. And that's probably why they're negative or minus 400 odds for him to go there. I do think if they bring back T. Higgins, they're probably going to have to move on from Tyler Boyd. I know they have a lot of cap space and I know Tyler Boyd doesn't garner a lot of money. But I think they're ready to try to move some of their pieces around and not necessarily stay put with their wide receiver core. They've got Andre Yosivas. They've got Charlie Jones, who are some decent year two guys. I think they bring back T. Higgins for at least one more year and then kind of go from there. But they have a lot of cap space. They could use a good wide receiver, too. Uh, And I think that they could get Brock Bowers in the draft to fill that tight end need. And they'll really be cooking with something good. Use the rest of their cap space on that defense. The next wide receiver is Michael Pittman. And I couldn't find any odds on him returning to the Colts for some reason. So I, I I don't know if he's the favorite to go there. Only thing I could find were teams not the Colts. So Titans plus 400. Cardinals and Chiefs tied at plus 600. And then the Jets at plus 900. But I do believe Michael Pittman will be returning to the Colts, even if I couldn't find odds on it. I think that they'll franchise tag him. I think ultimately that'll turn into a long-term contract that'll start with the franchise tag. The Colts have $66 million in cap space right now. That's a ton. And the fact Michael Pittman already came out and said he would accept the franchise tag says a lot to me. The Colts need to bring him back because they don't have another wide receiver that can do what he does. They need a good wide receiver to ultimately test Anthony Richardson one more season and also to test Michael Pittman. You could use the franchise tag to give him one more season to truly prove he's an alpha to you because I think, you know, he's 90% there, but there's still some question marks about him just truly dominating defenses on a week to week basis. So I think that a franchise tag makes a lot of sense for this Colts team for not only the team, but for Michael Pittman and even Anthony Richardson. So he doesn't have too much turnover in the pass game. So I think both T Higgins, Michael Pittman return to their team. And I think Mike Evans does as well, even if there is some odds that he goes somewhere else. I just think the Buccaneers should and ultimately will bring him back, which then leads us to two running backs who are hot on the market right now. Saquon Barkley will start with. Right now, he's actually favorited to return to the Giants. He's at minus 150 right now to return to the Giants and then plus 275 to go to the Texans and plus 400 to go to the Chargers. All of those are great. Of course, it'd be fine if he stays in New York. We see that they run the offense through him. While it's not a great offense, he still gets fantasy points. The Chargers would be awesome, especially as I said earlier in the show, I don't think Austin Eckler will be back. 
But I don't think that's going to be a great move for the Chargers. I really do think they should answer that need in the draft and not spend a ton of money on Saquon Barkley, especially with how much money is tied up for Mike Williams and Keenan Allen right now. A team I do love, though, as I've been saying for a while now, is the Texans. The Texans right now have $60 million in cap space, and running back is a huge need. And Devin Singletary looked pretty good. Saquon Barkley is like seven Devin Singletaries. So I think that it would be an incredible fit. I think Saquon Barkley going to the Texans makes a ton of sense with not only the money uh, that they have, but also just how he'd fit in that offense. And I think the Texans would be incredibly dangerous with Saquon Barkley. They know it. Saquon Barkley knows it as well. That would be a really, really good offense. It'd be a fun offense. And I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. I really do think Saquon Barkley ends up on the Texans. We saw a few days ago, he followed CJ Stroud, Tank Dell, Nico Collins on Instagram. I really do think he's on the move from New York. I, I think that those that bridge has kind of been burned and he's ready to go somewhere new. And I think it's going to be Houston. And the final running back is Josh Jacobs. Right now, he's favorited to return to the Raiders at minus 250, and then the Texans at plus 850, and then the Cowboys at plus 1,200. I don't think the Texans makes a lot of sense for a running back like Josh Jacobs. They've already got Damian Pierce. And then the Cowboys is an interesting one. At plus 1,200, that is probably the one long bet I'm not against making from today's episode. I know plus 1,200 is really, really far away. But the Cowboys does make some sense. Tony Pollard is still technically not returning to the team, although I think ultimately he does. But if he doesn't, I think Josh Jacobs could fit the Cowboys really well. But I think ultimately he does just return to the Raiders. I think he likes being in Vegas, and I think the Raiders like him. I know they had some disagreements last season, but I don't think the bridge was burned as much as necessarily like the Saquon Giants bridge. Like I still think it's intact. And the Raiders have $42 million in cap space. And I think Josh Jacobs also just loved Antonio Pierce as much of the Raiders did. So I think he's probably going to want to return. And I think the Raiders want him back, especially if they're going to go through a quarterback change. They're going to need a really good running back to kind of carry the load for a little bit. And if they're going to move on from Devontae Adams, like a lot of the rumors are suggesting, then they need Josh Jacobs back. They have the cap space. I think both sides probably want it, especially with the new head coach. I think it was more of a Josh McDaniels issue last season. I think they can bring him back for a couple more seasons and things will be good. I really do think that Josh Jacobs is back in Vegas. So those are my thoughts on a lot of the hot players. If you have any other players you want my speculations on, go ahead and ask it in the chat. I'm a hop over now and see what you guys are talking about. Chargers are hard to mock. I don't know what Harbaugh is thinking. Uh, yeah, no, this is true. Uh, but I just think that ultimately Harbaugh probably wants as many Michigan players as he can get. I obviously don't think he'll get JJ McCarthy. He's got Justin Herbert, but I think he'd love to get Roman Wilson. I think he'd love to get Blake Corum. And I'm sure he'd even like to get uh, the tight end that was a backup to Loveland, even, even late in the draft, just to have a blocking tight end. Like, uh, I really do think he's won as many of those Michigan players that he's used to as possible. And I'm sure that those Michigan players would want to play for him again. Blake Corum specifically because they need a running back. And I think he'd fit that system really, really well. And yes, Jamie puts the nail on the head. Charlie Jones could easily replace Tyler Boyd. Probably not as good as Tyler Boyd. I think we would have seen something last season from Charlie jo Jones if that was the case. But still, I really do like his route running ability. He's got good hands. They used him on punt return. So clearly he's a guy who can, who can contribute. Um, so cool. That should be it.
that should be it. It looks like there are no other questions in the chat on Instagram or YouTube. So that'll do it for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to my speculation. I know I don't have any inside info and any insider information, but hopefully I provided enough thought to make it reasonable for my expectations. And I really do hope the Buccaneers are back together, even as a Falcons fan. I just I liked that Buccaneers team last year. It was really fun. So I hope like Evans and Bigley Mayfield's back. But anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in. You guys have a fabulous Friday and a wonderful rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back here on Monday on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. So don't forget to subscribe. And then don't forget to like this video either. You guys have a fantastic one. I'll see you later. Peace.